Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon again. I'm so glad to be here with you, and thank you for tuning in. I always want to encourage you to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Lots of things there for you, and we have so many podcasts. You can tune in. We have some worksheets that if you would like to supplement that and listen to the show and maybe do some question and answer to help maybe do a little deeper dive into it, you can do that as well. So I appreciate you listening, and I'm hoping that you are looking forward to this new year. And if not, maybe what we talk about today can help you feel a little bit more excited and maybe more committed to the next year. So I want to talk about healthy future forecasting. Now, what does that mean? Healthy future forecasting. Well, we we always forecast, and, and one of the ways that we forecast that's kind of strange is thinking, oh, well, I'll do that tomorrow. Okay, we might not make a plan as how to get it done, but we say, yeah, I'm going to do that tomorrow, or I'll call them later. And, and so I want you to think about this forecasting issue is kind of like throwing something out there. And if we're doing it, you know, appropriately, we actually have a plan. So I want you to think about how much God does forecasting and how long he's been doing future forecasting. And so think about this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, which is one of my favorite, favorite verses. And this really shows you how God forecasts future for you. And this is what he says. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear from you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So think about that. God is already saying, I'm looking into the future for you. And I'm hoping that while you're looking into the future, you're also seeking me and being able to find me and that you can pray to me and I'm going to hear from you. So we can do some partnership in this way. See, God has ideas. I have ideas. I certainly have learned over all these years. God's ideas are always better than mine. Even though I have tried to convince him that I have a really good idea, he's like, yeah, okay, thanks for sharing, Cynthia. (laughs) 
<laughs> so he even lets me go forward with it. And then he never shames me when it didn't work. So I want you to think about this. He says, I have plans for you. That's a forecast. And here's what he says. Those plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So that your, your future is something that's attainable and that is going to also give you hope. And this is, and hope, you know how much hope gives us energy. So think about this. Do you hear and see the way he is forecasting? See, this is God forecasting, not promising, okay? Although he is promising to do his part, but he won't do your part. This is what he thinks on and hopes it changes the way that we think and we act. So think about that. He won't do your part. And this is what he's thinking on. He's thinking on these good things that he has for you. And it's important to know this is not a promise. It's a plan. Okay? So he promises to be with you. He promises to love you. He promises all kinds of things like this, but he's not going to do it for you. So he's giving you a promise that he's with you in it. And he says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He doesn't want you to have to do this all on your own and all by yourself. So he says, listen, I'm not promising that whatever you're forecasting or dreaming of is going to happen. It's a plan I'm giving you. I'm planning to be with you. I'm planning to help you. I'm planning to direct you. And so God is showing us how his mind works, and we are made in his image. This means we think that how we think is directly correlated with who we are or who we will become. So when he talks about think on these things, think on those things that are good, righteous, of good repute, he's wanting us to remember that while we are walking this plan out, that we're thinking appropriately. So this means that, when, that, that how we think is directly correlated to who we are. For as a man thinketh within, so he is. My entire job for all these years that I've been a therapist is helping people to not think bad, horrible, scary, mean things into existence. And see, this is what happens. Once we think on it, our brain begins to make a way for it to happen. And we've talked on this show before about neural nets and, and we have these neural processes that go on. And so those, those um, neurons don't necessarily make a choice for themselves. They're actually just like a car that's taking your idea somewhere. So when you think about this, you say to yourself, this means how we think is directly correlated with who we are. So if we want to change ourselves, if we want to stop doing or being what we've learned to do, then we need to think differently. And this means the more I think on something, the stronger and more efficient that neural path becomes. So if you've ever driven on a well, you know, worn road, and you've done it so many times, you don't have to think about it, well, that's what a neural net is in your brain. If you think on it long enough, it begins to make it happen. And it does it so quickly for you, it's so well memorized, it's hard to break that habit. And so I've had this many times when I've worked with people that have eating disorders. 
They have such a strong neural net about feeling fat that they can't believe that eating won't harm them. And we have to really work hard at undoing that neural net that is so efficient and keeps them from eating. So the more you think on how bad and futile your life may be, the more evidence your brain will produce to support what you're thinking on. So this means the more I think on it, the stronger and more efficient that neuropath becomes. So if I am thinking that I'll never make it, so-and-so doesn't love me, I'm an idiot, whatever that is that you are thinking, the more you think on it, your brain is now helping you become it. So this is very important when we think about healthy future forecasting. That we say to yourself, this isn't magic, but I need to keep believing what I'm forecasting until I decide not to. So what's nice about this, and I've done this in my own life, I've had ideas that I thought were great. I worked on them, worked on them, worked on them, committed to them, and they didn't necessarily happen. So if I am not willing to say, okay, I put the time into it and it didn't come to fruition, does that mean there's something wrong with me? No, it means I had an idea that, I don't know, not all ideas are going to work. And so when you think about very famous physicists and doctors and, you know, they understand that they can have these ideas and they can work it and work it and work it, it might not come to fruition. So it's important to know that when God is talking about, hey, what's the future? What are you planning? What are you looking for? He's not necessarily saying that it's a plan that he's going to promise will happen. God is showing us how his mind works, and we are made in his image. And so this means how we think is directly correlated to who we are or who we will become. So when we are forecasting and or futurizing, our brain begins to make a neural path for it to happen as efficiently as possible. And this means the more I think on it, the stronger and more efficient this neural path becomes. This is seen in people with depression. The more they think on how bad and futile their life seems or feels, the more evidence the brain will produce to support this idea or this experience. Ultimately, it is now directed to defend and find more ways to support your feelings as if they are facts. I hope this is making sense because this is where you can think about how you interact with your computer and how frustrating that can be, right? That once you've done it often enough, it starts to kind of fill in the blanks for you. It starts to do it even more. If you try to undo it, it keeps, go back, it keeps going back to what it was originally doing. So I want you to think really well about this, that, that you are really creating superhighways in your brain when you think about what your future is. So you want to make sure that maybe you have a trusted friend, pastor, therapist, whoever, doctor, that you can say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and I want to be responsible for this, so I want to keep checking in with you about whether or not my original thought is actually coming to fruition. And if it's not... I want to have good counsel as to whether or not I should quit that thought 
Or maybe I should readjust the thought. And, and this is a tough thing to do because when I get committed to an idea, I have a hard time letting that idea go. But I have to recognize that if I'm willing to let that idea go and say, well, it was a fun idea. I thought it would work. It didn't work. That doesn't mean I'm stupid or dumb. It means I'm smart enough and committed enough to my own life and, the, and others in my life that I'm willing to take that risk. May or may not work. But it's worse to not even take the risk. See, you, you will be more um, revered if you're the person that takes the risk and it didn't work than the person that never takes the risk. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we really talk about this idea, how you think changes your life in more ways than you would ever realize. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you, as always, for joining in and really putting effort into your own life. And I am very appreciative of getting to be a part of it with you. And I really want you to know how very valuable you are. And I'm sure that, you know, it seems weird to hear it from somebody on the radio, but I do know the value of humans. And you are one of them. And so I want you to take advantage of this and really say, I'm going to commit to my own life. This doesn't mean being a narcissist or something. This means I'm the only one that can be me. And, and when God really helped me understand that, you know, I'm the only one that can make the successes that I have. I'm the only one that can have mistakes like I have. They're still going to be original to me. And so today, when we're talking about this idea of healthy future, future forecasting, I want you to understand what that means. It means that forecasting is an important part of your brain's ability to keep you moving in, in this world, moving through life. And so when we are doing forecasting, we have to understand what that really means. And we have lots of companies that do forecasting, you know, every year they might do it, they might do it every six months. Because they're trying to see what needs to happen to what, or what may need to change in order to get to the idea that they are wanting to have come to fruition. So when we think about this, we understand that this is about words and words can change your brain. And this is why we want to think about how important the way we think is. And the Bible talks regularly about as a man thinketh within, so he is. This is how God has made your brain. What you put into it, it then becomes. It thinks that's the edict. It makes a, a map for it. And it starts to create that idea. So if I say, hey, I'm, I, like I was talking about eating disordered people. Oh, I'm so fat. I'm so fat. I can't eat. You know what my brain starts to do? It starts to show me all the ways that I might be fat. And then I want to stop eating. But then maybe I still feel fat. And so this is how we want to think about what's going on with how God has created us. And so for as a man thinketh within, so he is. This is where we have free will and, and free choice. God has made me in a particular manner. And he had an idea, and he then created a Cynthia. That's me. 
And he had a great idea of how he wanted it to be, how he wanted me to look, act, think, all kinds of things for my benefit, not really even for him, but for me. He's wanting me to have this wonderful life that he dreamed up for me. So he's careful as he's putting me together. And what happens is he also gives me free will. So I get to go in a different direction from him if I want to. And this is where we find ourselves struggling with the way that we think. And I remind people, I say, if you think on negative things more often than you think on positive things, your life will become more negative because you are teaching your brain what to look for and how to be. So when we talk about cognitive restructuring in the therapeutic world, really what we're doing is we're wanting to just change the way you think. We're wanting to say to you, hey, this way of thinking is not helping you. So I want you to learn a new way to think. And this does not mean that it's like magic or something, that if I think something, it will happen. It's not that simple. But it means that we want to change the way you think in order to change the way you act. And that's huge. Some people try to work the other way. They try to change the the way they act, to change the way they think. It's a little bit more arduous when you do it that way. What I want you to think about is, we're going to change how you think, and that speeds up the process to be able to be where you want to be. So the person that is in control of how they think recognizes that the brain is simply an organ. It's not you. I frequently tell my clients, yes, the brain is extremely important. You can't live without a brain. (laughs) However, you don't see brains floating to heaven, do you? It's just simply an organ in your body. It's something that your, your being uses to be on this planet. So it's an organ that manages the rest of the machine. Similarly, you don't get into your car, turn it on, and let it go wherever it will. You are the driver, not the car. You decide where the car goes. To many of us, just following our minds and feelings is what we do. It's almost like we just let our brain drive wherever it wants to go, think whatever it wants to think. You don't do whatever it wants to do, compel us to do something or not. And we just follow our mind wherever it goes. And it's probably not going to take us in a lot of good places. So when you realize that you get into your car, you turn it on, and, and if you let it go wherever it will, you will probably crash. You might harm someone and yourself. So you're the driver, not the car. So I tell my brain what it needs to do. Not, I'm not talking about how it needs to make my heart beat. What I'm saying is I tell my brain how to think. And if I don't like the thought, I'm going to say, I'm not going to think on that any longer. I'm going to replace it with a new thought. See, many of us just follow our minds and feelings wherever they go. This makes future forecasting impossible because it means you're following the whims of other people and how the world goes. So you're not, you are now following your mind versus steering it as, as to where it should go. So if you're just following where your mind takes you, it's kind of like getting in a car and finding yourself in, I don't know, Montana, right? How did I get here? And this is where we want to remind people that 
you are the person steering where things should go. And you are the one that are looking for answers and options for you as to whether or not the original thought is helpful to you. See, you're in charge of this. It's kind of like if you're in a business, you go to, you know, I don't know, pitch an idea to the boss and you present it to him. You think it's a really good idea. And he looks at it and says, no, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. I don't want to do it. Well, you have to decide whether or not you're going to change the pitch if you're just going to throw it away or if you're going to say to him, this is my idea. I think it has merit. I want you to reconsider. That's you driving your own car. So I want you to, to think about reading this book by James Allen. It's called As a Man Thinketh. And this, this little book was very helpful for me because it helps you to learn why and how to change your own way of thinking. And when you change your thinking, you change your life and our world. So the title obviously is influenced by the Proverbs 23, 7 that says, as a man thinketh within his heart, so he is. And that's very important. Think about how much God manages his own thoughts about the world that he's created and how far off it is from the original design. He has to really also be on top of his own thinking. Maybe the one time that he wasn't willing to think about a, a different way is when Noah's Ark happened and he flooded the entire planet. So you want to think about how do I become the best change agent of myself how do I become the person that is in charge of me, that enjoys the life that I have, that likes to think on things? So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me, please, again in the next segment as we talk more about how a man thinketh within, so he is, and what that means when you are future forecasting. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And if you're a longtime listener, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I really want us to be able to change the world one person at a time. And one of the ways that we do that is we get a handle on ourselves. And so I really like talking about this idea of healthy future forecasting. Now, what does that mean? Well, if we take the healthy out, we just say future forecasting. We do that all the time. Future forecasting is kind of like daydreaming in some ways, or it can be a little bit more concrete where we're actually taking an idea and we're, and we're really wanting to make it live and we're wanting it to become something. So when we think about healthy future forecasting, here's what I want you to consider. At, in the last segment, we talked about as a man thinketh within, so he is. So I gave the example of the anorexic that is sure that they are too fat. And so they are going to try to lose even more weight. And the future forecasting for them is then I'll be thin and then I won't have anxiety and maybe I'll like myself. So when we look at healthy future forecasting, we want to say, wait a minute, is my premise even healthy? What's going on? What, what, what am I thinking about? And am I actually trying to create something in the future that really isn't healthy for me? 
It's just going to maybe lessen some of the, the pain I have right now. So we look at this verse in Jeremiah, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11, very famous verse. And it's used oftentimes because this is how we get an idea of how God thinks and what he, what he does when it comes to future forecasting. And he really does this healthy future forecasting. So he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, isn't it interesting that when he's talking about plans and future plans, he doesn't start with, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What he's doing is giving you the idea of, hey, you don't understand all that goes into this. He's saying, I know the plans I have for you. And they're for your welfare and not for evil. And it's to give you a future and a hope. So he's saying, I want to be a part of this future forecasting. I have a bigger reach and I have a lot more experience. So when you see how he forecasts, this, this forecasting is not promising. Now, he's promising to do his part, but he won't do your part. This is what he thinks on and hopes it changes the way we think and act. So he tells us that he has thoughts that are good toward us, not evil. That he wants us to have a hope and a future. And this is how we can participate in getting that. That we can really work on how we think. So that when we are thinking on an idea and we're wanting it to come to fruition. It helps us if we say to ourselves, I'm going to see if there's support that comes along with it. See, as we kind of traverse, as we travel through our day, and we talk with people about maybe the idea we have, we, we maybe research some of it, and what we come to find is, is this thing going to get off the ground or not? So we can believe as much as we want. But we can't really find out if it's viable unless we put it into practice and begin to see if this idea will take hold. Because I'll tell you what, any idea that's going to make you a better person, you closer to God, you a, a better risk for all these humans on this planet, God is going to be with you and make that happen. And so this is why I want you to remind yourself about this book by James Allen that says, For as a man thinketh within, so he is. See, we understand that when God created the world and us, he spoke it into existence. Now, we are not supernatural, so <laughs> we can't you know, necessarily speak things into existence. But we can think on them, we can also say them, and we can see if it has any momentum. So when, when we're thinking about this, I want you to understand that men do not attract what they want, but what they are. I mean, isn't that interesting? Men, women, humans do not attract what they want, but what they are. So if you're getting whatever it is that you're getting and you don't like it, you may need to change who you are because you will be attracting 
the very thing that you may not want to be getting. Well, this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about this idea of healthy future forecasting and how to make sure that you are really putting it out there in a way that has some, some distance. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And I really am excited about this show. Uh, and I'm, you know, it, it really is kind of a complicated process that we're going through. But I really think that you getting a handle on this is going to help you have the life that you really desire and that God has for you. And so this is about healthy future forecasting. And I'm not going to go into all the ways that businesses forecast and, and how they check things out and see if they're going to work and keep on top of the forecasting. What we're talking about still is forecasting, but it has more to do with what are you throwing out there in terms of the life that you want to have, in terms of you being the person that you want to be and being someone that you actually like. And so healthy future forecasting in, in this realm is being able to say, hey, there's the goal, there's the idea, so what do I need to do to get there? And one of the things that we find is that it has a lot to do with the way you think. And many times what we find people doing is they, they latch onto the idea they have and they start to make it happen as fast as they can. And then it kind of starts to fall apart because they may not have understood their role in the forecasting and in the making of that idea. So this is about healthy future forecasting says, hey, I've got this idea. I think it can be a great idea. So I'm going to see what's going on here in the future as I, as I start to walk it out. And I'm going to see if the forecasting, which is me telling people about it, me saying to people, hey, what do you think of this idea? Or, or how do you feel when you, when you hear me talk about this? Do you think it has any legs on it? See, there's wisdom in the counsel of many, right? And so part of that future forecasting is, is looking at this verse in Jeremiah, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11, and it's such a great example of how God future forecasts. This is what he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. See, this is what he's saying. I know the plan I have. That's what he's saying. This is where you want to think about. I need to say to somebody, here is my plan. But the thing is, we are not God, so we may not know whether or not the plan is going to take, take off at all. But we still want to follow that, hey, speaking it out and saying, here's my plan. And I like this plan. I'm energized by this plan. And so what God says is, I know the plans I have for you. And therefore, your welfare and not for evil. So I want to make sure that I'm saying, I have this plan, and, and I really am very committed to it. If I find that there's evil in it, if there is greed in it, right? If there's me, I don't know, taking advantage of people and not worrying about their welfare and how they feel about my plan, it's probably not going to get off the ground, right? So when we are copying how God does this, this future forecasting, he says, first and foremost, I know what I'm doing. I have this plan that I have really thought about. And it's for good. 
not for evil. And you're going to call on me, and you're going to pray to me, and I will hear from you. You're going to seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So what does that mean? That means I'm saying to God, here's my plan. And I've done this before, and I thought I had really good plans. (laughs) I thought I could sell God on this idea. He's going to go, thank you, Cynthia. Why didn't I think about that? And I come to find out that God's like, hey, nice try. I appreciate the effort, Cynthia. No, I'm not going in that direction. That is not going to be good for you. And I've had to learn that the hard way. Because sometimes I've, I've really known that God is like not in it. And I keep trying, thinking that I can convince him that it's a good idea and I could sell him on it. No, it's not happening. So I've learned over the years to recognize that God's plans for me are always good. He also wants a participant. So he likes me to tell him what I'm thinking. But I, I always have to say to myself, I will waste less time if I just simply run it by God and ask him for some help in it. And so this also comes down to how I think. So I can have this creative idea, but how I think about my idea has a lot to do with whether or not it's a healthy idea. See, I can make all kinds of things happen. I can sell people on it. I don't know, though, it may not ever take off the ground. And that has a lot to do with me and my own flexibility. And I have to be humble enough to say to myself, I don't think this is working. I'm putting a lot of effort into it. It it seems like it was a really healthy thing. It seems like it would help a lot of people. I'm in love with my own idea, and it is not getting off the ground. So this is where we come into this idea of how I think is a lot about who I am. And I need to be honest enough to, th- to really take responsibility for some of the thoughts I have that I don't want to tell anybody about. I just want to make sure it happens. So I don't want to run it by anyone because I don't want anyone to be a naysayer. So when we look at this verse, Proverbs 23, 7, and it says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. That's a very powerful statement. See, God is saying to me, I see into your heart. I know who I forecasted you to be, and you're kind of far off that forecast. And you're fighting me in who you should be and who I designed you to be. And so I have to be aware of how I think within my own heart because I will become that person. And we see this with a lot of people. They started out with really, really kind motives. They, maybe they were even doing, you know, a very, uh, one of these, you know, situations where they are really making sure that a whole bunch of people are going to benefit from it. They get really caught up in it. Maybe it starts to feed their own ego. Maybe they start to feel really important. And the whole entire process that started now begins to unravel. And so this is why I want you to think about this. Men, women do not attract what they want, but what they are. So the things that come to me are actually going to reveal more of who I am. And every action and feeling is preceded by a thought. This is for as a man thinketh within, so he is. I have to be careful how I think. And right thinking begins with the words that we say to ourselves. So we do lots of what we call cognitive restructuring in therapy. 
Because what we're doing is we're saying, hey, the way you're thinking is counterproductive to the actually the way you want to be. So you can continue to beat yourself up. You can continue to lie to yourself. But you are not going to get where you are telling me you want to be. See, every man has the law of his being written on his heart. And this is where he can either build character or he can tear it down with laziness, with lying, cheating, whatever that may be. But the soul attracts that which is secretly harbored, that which it loves. The soul attracts these things. So if I'm getting a lot of things that are coming to me, that I think to myself, these are not really good things. Why does this always keep coming toward me? I might want to look deep into my soul and say, hey, what am I really attractive to, but I don't want to admit to someone? And so this is why we want to think about, I need to have someone in my life that I can be brutally honest with. They're not going to judge me. Maybe they will give me some direction. Maybe they'll help me in, in the places that I need to go. But I need to not be the only person that hears my thoughts. I need to not be the only person that knows what my actions are. Because we all are pretty good at pulling it together and showing up and looking pretty good. But what's really behind this? Who am I really? So am I attracting things that I really don't want to have? And I'm thinking it's because of the people and the people in my life are getting in the way. Or maybe I need to say to myself, huh, maybe I'm attracting who I am and I don't want to admit to that. I don't want to believe that that's, that's really who I am deep inside. I don't want to actually have to take it, you know, be responsible for that. And so this is a moment for you to be able to say, hey, if I've got a lot of great ideas, and I think, I mean, that's how I feel lots of times. I have great ideas and not a lot of them have come to fruition. And this is where I tell people frequently in my office, I say, this is one of the funniest things God ever said to me. He goes, Cynthia, enjoy all your ideas. The ones that I want to have happen will always happen. The ones that you want to happen may or may not happen. But please enjoy the ideas. And so I took that and I ran with it and I thought, I finally don't have to be in charge of all of that. If the idea I have doesn't work, doesn't come to fruition, it doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It just means there may not be a place for it at this time. Maybe in a couple years. Maybe never. I don't know. But this is part of knowing that this is not necessarily a promise that God is giving us. He's wanting us to have this plan to say, I want you to contribute on this planet. I want you to contribute to people's lives. And one of the ways that you do that is you recognize what future forecasting is and how I can do it in a healthy manner. So I recommend to people, write down the ideas that you have. Keep track of them. There's a lot of ideas that I have had. I'm telling you the truth. This is crazy. And, and I, you know, then I turn on the television and I hear someone say the same thing. And I say to my husband, that was my idea. Well, not really. Actually, it's an idea that God wanted to happen. So he sent it out to a lot of different people. And so this is where you can understand how much you matter because you have things to offer. And if you offer them in a manner that is either contrary or competitive, or maybe you're not telling the whole truth, maybe you have some, you know, 
surreptitious ideas about how you want this idea to go, but you're pretending like it's going one way so you can get people involved. I want you to be aware of your own heart. I want you to know when you are lying to yourself. I want you to know what gets in the way of the forecasting that you, that you have that you're excited about. I want you to recognize when you trip over yourself. And so one of the things that helps us to not trip up, to not go in the wrong direction, is that we actually say, okay, God, I recognize that here's my future that I want to have happen, but I'm going to present it to you. And I'm going to trust and know you would never harm me. You would never harm me. Even if you're upset with me, you wouldn't harm me. And so I can trust that. So that gives me time to get a handle on the way that I think. And reminding myself, as I think within myself, I will become that. So am I okay with what I'm thinking? And the more you get on top of that, the better you're going to be able to figure out, hey, I do have a good idea for some future. And I'm going to run it by God and run it by a whole bunch of other people and see if it comes to some fruition. And if it does, how awesome that is. If it doesn't, it still changed a lot of lives of the people that were in the process with you. So I want to encourage you to really dive into that. What are some ideas that I have? What are things that I want to help when it comes to changing the world? What are ideas I have about myself that I might need to run by someone and say, hey, you know, do you see this in me? I don't want to admit it, but I'm wondering if it's there. And when I'm doing some future forecasting, I don't want that to be in my future. I want to make sure my future is everything it is supposed to be. And that only happens if I take care of today. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm really excited about the future that you have. Bless you, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. <music>